It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, we got a fantastic show coming your way today. I tell you, uh, we are going to get a very, very, very educational lesson in understanding life in the farming industry. And uh, I got two of the very, very best in the industry. I tell you, uh, multi-generational families that they, they've been in, their whole family been in it for hundreds of years. And and uh, they're going to educate us. And, and we're going to understand that just because you go in the supermarket, and you, you see the the fruits and vegetables and nuts. The, it's it's a process that goes along with that. It's a process. You know what I'm talking about, Noel, right? Yeah. You know what? I always I love it whenever you have families where they kind of seem to say stay in the same industry, and you get a lot of great perspective on the different facets that each of the family members is seeing. It's great stuff. It, it is it's absolutely fantastic uh, stuff. And uh, I tell you, uh, uh, I'm in uh, for an education myself. And uh, before we get started, uh, I always like to talk about a couple of things that happened today or yesterday. And uh, my co-host, Michelle Cooley, went and got her first uh, COVID vaccine shot. Hey, how you doing, Michelle? I'm doing good, James. How are you? Doing just fine. How was that, that shot yesterday? Well, it was fun. I, I waited online I, for about a little over an hour, and um, it went quick. It's like a, a flu shot or something like that. And my arm's a little sore, but um, everything went fine. You know, I get my second one in three weeks or so, and um, it, it's painless. So I'm glad I did it. You know, I, I encourage everybody to go out and do that. Uh, and uh, Chuck, I believe that uh, you went and got yours uh, almost a couple of months ago. Yeah, well, we're we're about getting close to a month after our second one now, so I'm glad to hear that Michelle's got it, and she only has a little sore arm. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I got my second shot coming up, uh, actually Monday. Yeah, so uh, and I'm, I'm going to be yeah. done, you know. So, but I am very excited about uh, this show today, and uh, I, I don't want to keep our listening audience waiting too long. Yeah, so. Uh, Chuck, can you tell us about the purpose of the show today? Be happy to. The purpose of tonight's show is learning about two multi-generational farming families and their love of the agricultural industry. Understanding the importance of sustainable farming as it relates to product quality, food safety, energy, water conservation, and recycling. And exploring 21st century agricultural processes equipment and technology that humankind depends upon. And, you know, we got two fantastic guests uh, that we're going to get a chance to uh, know a little bit about them uh, in the beginning. And then we're going to bring both of them, both of them on. Michelle, can you kind of introduce our first guest, please? Yes. Paul Pereira, Sr. Paul Pereira, Sr., a California native, Paul Piera is a third-generation farmer and partner at Pereira Almond Processing and RPAC Almonds. His farming experiences included row crops, wheat, tomatoes, cantaloupe, almonds, and livestock management. He currently oversees business development, sustainability, research, and innovation. Paul is involved with a number of innovative startup companies as well as almond co-product research. Paul is a California Agricultural Leadership Program alumnus, Class 44. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Paul Pereira Sr. Welcome to the show, Paul. How you doing? Welcome, Paul. I'm doing great, James. Thank you for having us on. Oh, man. You know, I I, I am looking forward to this. And uh, uh, third generation of 
former. Can you tell our, our audience a little bit more about you? Sure. So, uh, uh, as you said, we're a multi-generational farm and agribusiness family. Uh, our uh, grandparents were immigrants from the Azor Islands uh, around the turn of the century and uh, became involved in farming here in California, here in the Central Valley and uh, and on the coast. And uh, I guess I, I, I contribute my uh, in- innovative uh skills, if you will, and, and interest to my grandfather. Um, he was uh, he was a very, very innovative guy in agriculture and in farming um, in the really in the, the 30s and 40s. He was the first one to use uh, uh, sprinkler systems for irrigating row crops. He, uh, he innovated uh, the cantaloupes um, in our area. And so I guess uh, there's a lot to be said about genetics. I, I, I got that from him, I'm sure. But uh, so we uh, we grew up uh, on the farm. Um, I'm number five out of seven children, and uh, that was basically the workforce. Uh, I, I recall having uh, my dad, grandfather had uh, you know a couple of guys, but uh, we provided a lot of the labor back then, and and. Um, are much better off because of it. Uh, one thing that dad taught us all to do and how to do and why to do was to work. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's something you're not going to learn at school. <laughs> Speaking of that, what type of education or special training uh, is required to uh, do the forming that you guys do? Well, uh, for me personally, I, I thought that, um, Hunting ducks on Wednesday mornings was more important than going to the high school, and uh, so uh, we. You know, I, I, I do not have a formal education. Uh, everything I learned is it was, uh, you know, from my my parents and uh, from just getting in and doing it and doing a lot of reading and, and research. And uh, so now today, you know, I, I sit in on these meetings where there's. Uh, you know, a handful of PhDs and researchers and, and engineers and all of this. And I just think, wow, you know, what, you know, you know to be involved uh, with, with that level of uh, talent is, uh, is, is very inspirational. But uh, so really for, you know, what, what we do in agriculture, uh, uh, yes, uh, secondary education is, is very important. There's a lot to be learned at the college level. And, you know, agriculture and farming is very, very sophisticated, and it takes in a lot of uh, different aspects from uh, accounting, which I'm very fortunate that I spent a lot of time with our accountant and learned, basically learned on the fly accounting from, from him. Uh, but you got to be very proficient in, in record-keeping, accounting, uh, government relations, and uh, agronomy, chemistry, um, and to a, a certain uh, aspect also in, in geology, because uh, we live off the soil and we have to know what we're working with. Wow. Paul, can you tell us about RPAC LLC? So we started, uh, my, my grandfather planted some almonds in uh, the mid-50s. So it's, again, innovation. He was the first one out in this area to do that. And uh so we started processing almonds in 1973, and the uh, kind of the, the, the primary function there was doing the hulling and shelling, which takes the, the outer hull of the almond off, and then the inner shell, and uh, you, you have the kernel left over. So we started that in 1973, and then in uh, 1986, we began with the processing and marketing company. Uh, again, family, family owned and operated. Um, so we we purchase almonds from uh, growers, and uh, we process them, cleaning, sizing, grading, and put them in a 50-pound uh, cardboard box and ship them to over 80 countries around the world uh, and North America. We use a lot of technology, a lot of very, very um, sophisticated optical sorting equipment, um, lasers, um, 
seeing an expansion in our facility that is uh, pretty special. The latest and greatest in technology was a a two-year collaboration between ourselves and equipment manufacturers and engineers to get it put together. So we're, we're very excited about that. Wow. I mean, it seems like a lot of things that goes into uh, forming. You know what? We're going to take a station break and we're going to come back and, you know, continue having this discussion to bring on our next guest. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, just like I said, we are all getting ready to get educated. But if you want to be part of the conversation, you can call in. At one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Call in and be part of the conversation. If you just got a question that you want to ask one of these young men, uh, by all means, take the time to do it. You know. So, uh, Michelle, I, I'm excited about uh, getting our next guest on, and so we can have learn a little bit about him, and then I want to bring both of them on at the same time. Uh, can you introduce our next guest, please? Yes, Mr. Cannon Michael. Cannon Michael is the president, CEO of Bowles Farming Company. He's the sixth generation of his family to work in the family farming business. A graduate of the University of California at Berkeley, Cannon joined the company in 1998. Cannon became the president and CEO in 2014 after his uncle, Philip Bowles, retired. Cannon is an advocate for California agriculture and intelligent water policy, environmental stewardship, ethical treatment of workers, and sustainable production are core values for Cannon and the Bose Farming Company team. The farm grows 20-plus crops and employs both conventional and organic family farming practices. Cannon is active in engaging California water and agricultural issues. He serves as the chairman of the San Luis and Delta Mendota Water Authority, as a director on the Water Education Board, and as a director on the San Luis Canal Company Board, amongst the other other boards. He was also appointed by Governor Brown to the Merced County Designated Local Authority, a governing board responsible for winding down the affairs of dissolved local redevelopment agencies in Merced and Los Banos. He also serves in an advisory capacity for three family-run farming processing companies in the Central Valley. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Cannon Michael. Welcome to the show, Cannon. How you doing, my friend? Thank you so much. I'm tired of just hearing all that. Take a nap or something. I know Michelle, uh, you know, kind of put out a mouthful, but can you tell our listening audience a little bit more about you uh, and your formal business? 
like like you said in the background, um, I'm the fifth generation. My company involved in farming. I didn't come as directly as maybe some people might think, and I wasn't born in the Central Valley. I was born actually up in the uh, Bay Area, and uh, ended up uh, coming to the uh, Central Valley later, a little bit later in life. But I came down to the farm a lot as a as a kid, and spent a lot of time here on the farm and. Uh, anyway, at the college, I uh, got into commercial real estate and wasn't uh, wasn't an on farm at first, and ended up moving back to help the family when uh, we we had some uh, family issues. So um, it's been an interesting interesting journey, and and just trying to keep the, the family business uh, still going. Again, yeah, you have, have trouble hearing me? Yeah, just a little bit. That's all right. Cannon, this is Chuck. Can you hear me? I hear you guys. Am I not coming through? Yeah, you're coming through. Listen, I following okay. up on your on your response there. What made you decide to join your family business in 1998? Uh, I decided to come back uh, in '98. My uh, my late uncle, who was running the business, got a, a terminal uh, illness, um, so he uh, family needed some help. Uh, on running the running the farm uh, because of his uh, his illness there, and so I came back. Uh, my uh, career short. Um, I was I had been there in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, working in real estate, and uh, decided to come back and and help the family at that point. Oh, that's great. That's interesting. So, what what is it about the farming industry that you love, or you learned to love? Uh, it's it's really interesting work, and that uh, it's amazing to to watch things grow um, every season, and, and to produce uh, food and fiber for for people, and uh, obviously for you know uh, provide jobs to uh, to a lot of folks, and and you know there's a lot of economic uh, effects from what farmers do, and it's very rewarding to have a have a season where you actually produce produce something that people you know want and need for their daily lives, and um, I think you know, no matter no matter where we uh, we are, who we are, we rely on farmers somewhere, and so it's uh, it's it's uh, really an honor to be able to grow food and, and fiber for people and and uh, and fill that role that people need in their daily lives. Cannon, can you tell us about the Bowles Farming Company and the products you produce? Sure. Yeah, we grow a lot of different crops. Um, like you said there in the intro, we grow over 20 different crops um, from uh, processing the tomatoes and fresh market tomatoes uh, to uh, carrots and garlic and onions, uh, watermelons, cantaloupes, honeydews. Um, we grow uh, some different herb crops, which would be uh, basil, oregano, uh, cilantro. Um, we have some pistachios and some almonds. We do some corn. We do some uh, wheat, we do some extra long cotton, which is a specialty uh, cotton uh, that really only can be produced in uh, in California. So uh, we do conventional practices and organic, uh, as was mentioned. So we use different uh, production methods to uh, produce crops that, uh, that people want. And uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of, it keeps us pretty busy, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Wow. You know, I, I want to bring both of you you all on at the same time. And uh, I want to start with uh, you, Paul. Uh, you you mentioned that quality is no accident, which we all know that. <laughs> it must be thoughtful and have to be, I mean, reasonable uh, in, in order to, you know, be successful and in order to make sure that uh, your business stays profitable and that you are delivering to you know, all of the clients that you serve. Uh, can you can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So, you know, quality really starts uh, at, at the field. Uh, there's no question about that. We, as processors and marketers, we can't bring in uh, a, a product that's inferior and, you know, and make it a high-quality product. You know, it's the, the old saying, can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Well, that's, uh, that's for sure. So... We work uh, very closely with all of our growers uh, in their uh, farming practices to uh, ensure that the, uh, the quality starts at the field. And then uh, we take it from there. And there's uh, all of the processing equipment we use has been developed for gentle handling so that we don't uh, 
break, chip, scratch the uh, kernels. Um, you know, a lot of our kernels will, will be consumed uh, whole natural, you know, raw. And so uh, the, the consumer is going to see that, that kernel. And, you know, we want every one of them to be as, as perfect as possible. You know, some of the markets that we go into, uh, specifically the Asian market, you know, a lot of times they're going to, you know, they're going to put one kernel on top of a candy. And so it's going to be right out there in, in front of you. So, um, and, 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 and quality isn't just, um, isn't just the product. Uh, it, it's really, it's the people that, that work with us. You know, we employ uh, around a hundred families in, in our companies and uh, it's just, it's, it's a culture. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, that we look at when we're onboarding new staff members and, and into the family and that, uh, that they have the same culture that the rest of them do, that uh, quality is, is number one. Cannon, can you tell us about Bowles Farming Company's sustainability efforts and who are your sustainability partners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sustainability is, you know, something that's really important us and uh, we've been farming the same land, the farming for over 160 years now. So I think we know a little bit about taking care of it, and, and you know, I think our our soil is something that we value and really take uh, take good care of. It's like our people, and um, you know, being able to go on to the next year, something that we think about all the time, especially as a sixth generation of my family to do the do this kind of work. You know, we're always thinking of the next phase and. And that's really what uh, sustainability, you know, means. And we work with great uh, companies and, and partners that uh, the value that share those same values. And so, um, I think it's important for people to remember that you know, three at least three times a day you're being fueled by a farm or somewhere, no matter what your patterns are. And so, um, you know, it's important to think about the farmers who are producing that food. And as we uh, seem to continue to source food from other countries and uh, places that maybe don't have the same standard of care. Um, you know, I think it's really important that the consumers understand that, uh, you know, they can source for family farms here in California that are held to some very high standards and they can feel good about products that they purchase knowing that workers are protected and the environment is protected and, you know, all the parts that are uh, really what makes up uh, sustainability. So um, some really good stores out there and uh, hopefully people will uh, continue to support California farmers. Paul. How do you explain the statement, food safety is not just a certification, but a culture that goes beyond what technology alone can deliver? Well, much like our efforts in quality where you know, it all starts in the beginning, the food safety is the, is the same way. We, we work with our growers uh, to make sure that they're using you know, the best farming practices to make sure that uh, you know, nothing's going on in the field that uh, is, is going to be you know, any kind of a food safety issue. Um, we, uh, you know, all the trailers that, are, that haul the product from the field to our facility are washed and cleaned. And, you know, one, one of the things we'll, we instill in our, our staff is, you know, we, we refer to it as we're make, we want them to think of it that as we're making baby food. And, and obviously we're not. You know, we're, we're, we're packing almonds and, and shipping them. But, um, you know, we don't ever say we're just packing almonds. You know, we're, we're, we're feeding people around the world. And uh, by instilling in them to treat it as we're making baby food and something that you would want to feed to your family. And so we've been very successful in that, uh, in that aspect. We, we have... Uh, our SQF Level 4 Global Food Certification. So we're, we have uh, unannounced uh, monitoring and inspections. And I'm proud to say that uh, we scored 99 out of 100 points in our, uh, our last uh, inspection. And, and they're multi-day inspections, and uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're pretty stressful. So uh, we're very, very proud of what we're doing on food safety lines. Wow! Congratulations, Paul. That's that's awesome. Go ahead, James. Yeah, we're gonna hold your questions up because we gotta take a station break, but we're gonna come back and continue to have our discussions 
with Cannon and Paul. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. And I tell you, we're getting the education just like I told you. Just like I told you, uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, if you got a question about anything, Please call 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. You know, so uh, become part of the conversation. Okay, I'm going to, Cannon, do you have a moment? I'm going to ask you a question here. Uh, Cannon, I was wondering, can you tell us about uh, Bowles Farming Company's sustainability efforts? Sure. Yeah, sustainability is part of uh, what we do, and uh, we take it uh, very seriously. So we have uh, initiatives, uh, you know, for water protection, for environmental protection, and for soil health. And uh, we're working on a number of different projects. Uh, we generally uh, uh, work on uh, new technologies and uh, have a lot of relationships with uh, academic institutions. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting good uh, good data and uh, things that we text. can share. and. Hopefully, can uh, lead the way with um, with showing others how how to go on a sustainable path. So, okay, well, thanks. Now I have a question here for Paul. Paul, I love almonds. I, most people I knew love almonds. Can you explain to us, layman, what do you mean by hauling and shelling operation? Sure. So the the hauling and shelling operation really is an extension of the field harvest in in. in an aspect. So, the uh, the uh, almonds are uh, they're shook. The the tree is shook by the trunk. The the nuts are left on the ground to dry for uh, five to seven days, and then they're they're picked up and brought into our facility. So the hulling and shelling operation takes the outer hull off, and the uh, it, well, first of all. It gets rid of all the dirt, sticks, rocks, wrenches, snakes, whatever might be coming in from the field. And uh, and then it takes the outer hole off and then the inner shell, and it's left with the kernel. And one of the really important aspects of the, the hulling and shelling operation is um, if you would imagine a peach. So you have the, the flesh of the peach, which is what you eat, and then you'll see the pit, and if you ever crack the pit of a peach, there's going to be a, a kernel inside of it. So the almond is really kind of the same. So that outer flesh that we, you would see on a peach is what we call the hull. And that we will generate, as an industry, we'll generate over 3 million tons of those hulls, and those are used as a, uh, a very valuable livestock feed, primarily into the dairy cattle. So uh, it'll replace um, corn silage and alfalfa hay in a uh, in a dairy cow diet. So we're contributing three million over three million tons of livestock feed into that, and then the shell is used for a number of different ways. Um, 
and primarily into, into bedding, and which will into livestock bedding, and then it'll become composted and returned to the soil as a soil amendment. But it's uh, kind of a quick note. One of the things that that we're doing, that we're spending a lot of time, effort, and money on, is research into alternative uses for the almond shell and for the hulls. But in the shell, we're uh, we're doing. You know things like torfaction and carbon processing, these kinds of things. Mm. But we're, we're putting them into plastics. Uh, mm. there's, we're, we're working with one of the tire manufacturers to, to use that into uh, tires for nursery pots, mm. those kinds of things. So that's that's what I'm sitting around the table with all the smart people working <laughs> on those kinds of deals. Wow, Paul, that is so interesting. I'm learning a lot here. Um, Cannon. What are some of the agricultural issues within San Joaquin Valley in California you are addressing at this time? Yeah, a big one is, is water, and especially this year, you know, we're seeing a big uh, big drip. We haven't gotten the rain and the snow that we need. And, you know, California, really, no matter where you are, we rely on uh, on a lot of infrastructure. You know, there's a lot of dams that protect uh, communities from flooding. Uh, and then there's a lot of movement of water because most of the water uh, falls in the northern part of the state, and a lot of the people live in the southern part of the state, and a lot of the agriculture is in kind of the middle of the state. And so, you know, a city like San Francisco needs water brought to it. A city like Los Angeles needs water to it, um, San Diego. Um, and then the agricultural areas need water, and, you know, the environment needs water too. So we've got a lot of competing things that happen, and then when we get these times of uh, scarcity, and um, so water's a big one, and, you know, and even when we use the highest level of technology, it, it takes us a lot of water to make food. And I don't, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just the truth. And so, uh, you know, you have all the different competing pressures and you've got a lot of people that need to eat. Um, and, you know, you've got water that needs to go to communities. And it's just, uh, it's a complicated part of being in California. And it's something that we uh, all need to work on together because, you know, even I'm a farmer, and I'm very proud to be a farmer. I, I love California because of the diversity that we have. You know, we have great little communities, big communities. We've got a beautiful environment, um, and we have rich agriculture. And so, to me, it's really important. How do we how do we work together to 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 make California a great place, not just for farmers, and not just for people who care about the environment or people who care about a city, but how do we make it great for all of us and for our kids and our grandkids that are going to come after us? And so, and uh, there's a lot of fighting over uh, water and there's a lot of, uh, you know, at times, you know, not very constructive conversations, but um, we're working hard to to kind of make better conversations to try to help uh, protect farmland, but also protect our communities and protect the environment. So I think that's, that's what ultimately is important. It's really hard work because uh, you've got people on a lot of different sides that uh, really don't want to make compromises and don't want to work together and don't have a very good history of working together. But, um, you know, it's been my, my goal to really work with other people and, and try to see other people's points of view um, and come up with solutions that can last a long time, you know, because, you know, we can have different administrations that come and go and we can have, um, you know, different political beliefs, but, um, the best solution, the longest-term solutions are the ones that we uh, we come to together, we work together, and uh, those are the ones that are going to last. Those are the ones that we're going to be proud of instead of, you know, just beating ourselves over the head, you know, each other and fighting each other. I think, um, you know, we can come up with a much better way. So that's what I'm working on uh, the most right now. That That's so wonderfully said, um, Cannon. I, I can definitely um, appreciate those words. Paul? Innovation is important to remain not only competitive, but successful. How does RPAC stay innovative? You keep moving forward. You know, <laughs> when you think you have it, uh, you think you have it, you, you just you keep looking for the next best thing. And what we're doing is we're investing in those innovations. You know, we're kind of putting our money where our mouth is, and we're willing to take some chances with uh, with with young, innovative people, um, you know, we, yeah, if, if you're not moving forward, you're going backwards. And, and uh, you know, our, our optical sorting equipment is, uh, you know, somewhere around, you know, six or $700,000 per piece. And unfortunately, they're kind of like computers. And, 
I don't know about you, but my computer doesn't last very many years. And uh, these optical sorting equipment, their their lifespan is about five or six years. And so we're we're having to constantly look for the the next the next best one and and replace them. One of the other things we're we're doing too is um, down at, at the field level, we've invested with uh, with two young gentlemen and their wives in a in a, a new company that is doing orchard work that is eliminating the number of trips through the orchard. Um, and, and I won't bore you with the details of the applications, but uh, one of them, uh, the equipment that they have developed, it uh, it will do in one pass what historically had taken four. So when you look at, you know, we want to talk about things about, you know, carbon footprint and those kind of, of, of deals, um, you know, just, you know, we're, we're helping eliminate that. The, the next piece of equipment that uh, actually just went into the field two days ago we're really excited about is very similar. It, uh, it, it's taking uh, some, some very difficult hand labor operations uh, and, and mechanizing them and turning three passes into one. So, you know, those are kind of the things that we're doing and, and we're trying to invest with young, innovative people. And, and we've, uh, like Canon, you know, we've worked with some people on the water side. And, uh, you know, they just, they, you know, some of these guys and gals that are really bright, they just need a chance. They just, they, they need somewhere to showcase it. And uh, we're willing to do that. <laughs> Cannon, I have a question for you now. I'm going to go. How does your company's technology improve the quality of your products? Yeah, technology helps us in a number of ways. Um, you know, just even starting with the, the stewardship that we do for our water, we use a technology called drip irrigation on a lot of our crops, and uh, that uh, is able to put the water and nutrients right at the root zone of the crops and doesn't get the water up into the dirt around the crop, so our tomato quality is, is much higher uh, using technology um, like that. Um, we're always looking for new techniques and new methods to, to increase quality. But, you know, California is really blessed with being one of the few Mediterranean climates, and so um, if, we, if we've got water to add, uh, it, it we produce just amazing crops with really high quality with um, – you know, just the natural uh, way things are. Most of the technology efforts that we do are around, uh, around you know, efficiency. Um, and again, using resources wisely, um, our labor costs are escalating uh, pretty quickly. You know, the, the nation's looking at a minimum wage of $15, and California has been well ahead of that and, you know, approaching $15 here pretty quickly already. So, um, and we pay our farm workers overtime, which um, a lot of people don't think about, but um, the rest of the country, a lot of the states have uh, a federal exemption from paying overtime for ag workers. And so um, you know, our cost of labor is high. So most of the technology is looking at how do we reduce um, some of our costs because our natural advantage is, is uh, quality and uh, usually our natural advantage is yield. And uh, that's really because of this really unique climate that we have or the right place to grow crops, you know, because every drop of water that I get to put on a crop really produces a lot more than it would in uh, in another area. So, um, but technology is going to be critical for us to survive, you know, because we just have these really high costs that we have to deal with here. So mostly about efficiency, but um, yeah, I appreciate the question. It's a lot that, that we're learning that goes into farming. And I tell you, we're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Paul and Ken Cannon. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. 
It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, no, we, we learned a whole lot about the kernel, the, uh, the, the seeding process, uh, about getting rid of the snakes and, and all, all of that stuff, man. I didn't think I would ever get so much detail about the farming <laughs> industry, but actually it's pretty interesting stuff. Man, it's very interesting, man. It's very interesting. I would like to know from both Cannon and Paul, and Cannon, you can start us off. In your perspective, in your opinion, what is the hardest part about the agriculture, the farming industry? One of the hardest parts of it are, are really the uh, the variables that we just can't control. You know, like like I said, we talked a little bit about regulation and. Um, that's one. That's one thing we don't have a lot of control. But you know, there's weather and there's uh, you know a lot of challenges with uh, pests and other things. But um, yeah, a lot of lot of variables, and then uh, you know, ultimately, it's you know probably probably it's a little bit disconnected from their food supply. I think is uh, is probably our biggest long term challenge, just because uh, you know people seem to not. They want a lot of regulation in California and control, but they're willing to uh, source products from places that don't have as many regulations. Um, so, you know, we're seeing a lot of companies go south of the border and, and produce food and ship it back here. And um, a lot of produce and other things come from other states or other countries. And, you know, ultimately, uh, that's going to make it tough for Californians to compete, you know, because we're doing all the doing a lot of the right things. And and uh, if people won't uh, reward us for that, it's going to be a real big, uh, big challenge. But um you know, we've got great stories to tell, and we're producing great local products, and so we hope that uh, people continue to, to want to focus on us. But you know, people are so busy in their daily lives, I think we've gotten, become pretty spoiled where we can just run in and grab whatever we want pretty much any time. And so, you know, we really don't have seasons anymore. Um, you know, people expect stuff in the food, in the grocery store all the time, and a lot of that stuff comes from places where it's, you know, if it's not the right season in California, it's coming from somewhere else, but people still want to buy it. And so, anyway, we've got challenges, but, um, you know, we've got great stories to tell and, and great families that are still doing the work, and, and I know people are uh, wanting to know where food comes from, and so hopefully, uh, you know, through this COVID, maybe one of the positive people are cooking more and doing more at home, and maybe they want to kind of understand where things are coming from, but... Um, now we've got uh, got a lot of challenges, but a lot of positive things, too. And I'll have Paul answer the same question here in just a second, but a quick follow-up. What do you do with those? You were talking about, you know, the California regulations. So what do you do to combat that, to make it beneficial, to still be able to get, do what you do so well? Yeah, there's really not a lot. Unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do to combat it. I mean, California, if you look at the, the legislature, you know, you've got a super majority in, in both houses and um you know, you've got a lot of folks who really care about the environment and care about um, what's happening. But I don't, um, like I said, if, if people are willing to take things from other places that don't have those regulations, then it's true. you're really just, uh, you're talking out of both sides of, of your mouth. So I think we, really the thing is to educate people in, in a kind way. And, and I think once people get the information, they stop and think. You know, but I think a lot of times, you know, people are rushing around so much and just grabbing whatever it is and, you know, this fast-paced life we have. And so... 
um, you know, I think it really comes with education and people just slowing down and hopefully just um, wanting to know more. You know, technology gives the opportunity people to scan a code and see the farmers and, and understand where, you know, things are coming from more, more directly. But, um, you know, farmers are just a really small part of the population now where we used to be connected to our farms much more because we had a, a you know, back 50, 60 years ago, a lot more people were involved with agriculture, were closer to it. And, you know, we've just gotten away from that. So anyway, I think it's, it's uh, just a job for us to educate folks and uh, continue to have good conversations and to continue to meet great folks like you guys who are willing to, to give us a, a, a chance to, to talk about it. Well, you keep doing what you're doing. Paul, what would you say what's the most difficult part of the farming industry that you find a challenge? Paul, you there? Can't hear you, Paul. <laughs> Paul. Okay. Well, I think we lost Paul. So, JC, why don't you go ahead and <laughs> ask a question to Cannon, and I'll go ahead and get Paul back on the yeah, line. Yeah, let's, let's get Paul back on the line because that's – okay, so – uh, Cannon, what is the most important thing about buying local? Because we you know we got to get people to start buying local. You know, so what are the yeah. benefits for well, the think, local economy? Yeah, I think you know it, it supports uh, it supports the folks who are right in your own backyard. You know, who you can also even get to know. But you know, just on, on top of that, you know, we're shipping a lot of products and food and things from all over the place. But um, we're also worried about you know, climate change and, and the impact of, uh, of, of, of delivering things all, you know, from very, very long distances. And so, you know, sourcing more local food gives you a chance to connect with, with the local people who are producing it. And like I said, you know, I think um, seasons are really important, you know, because a, a fresh uh, peach or a fresh tomato um, coming from your own, like nearby farmers uh, is going to be much better. So sometimes people just being a little patient and, you know, maybe, maybe don't, buy the thing that's out of season, you, you wait and you get it from the local uh, local farms, it's going to be a lot better quality and, um, you know, the taste and consistency. You know, we, and then, you know, California has some very unique products like almonds and other things that you can only really get for California, like artichokes, and there's some very specific uh, crops. So, you know, it's really taking the time to enjoy uh, what's produced around you and, uh, again, support local economies and, again, support farmers who are doing a lot of the right things and, and that are held to very high standards. And so I think uh, people's local dollars can make them feel good about, you know, supporting a good uh, food network that we have right here in our own backyard. Absolutely. You know, uh, getting back to you, Paul, one of the questions that uh, that Noah asked is uh, that with what are the challenges you are consistently face within the farming and agriculture industry? So, you know, there's uh, obviously there's a number of things as, as with any business, you know, you're going to, you're going to have challenges. Yeah. Farming and, and agribusiness is, is very, very capital intensive. And, um, you know, it seems like anytime a farmer makes a dollar, he's going to buy a new tractor, or a new pickup, and he's going to try to better his operations. He's going to invest in, in his farm. And, uh, you know, I know it, it, it's easy to, to drive down, uh, you know, Interstate 5 or Highway 99 and see, you know, all, all of this activity going on and, and think, oh, you know, here's, you know, these, these, these wealthy guys and gals, but it's truly very, very capital intensive and, and kind of a hat, hat off to the, uh, to the ag banking industry. You know, they, they'll hang in there and they'll weather the storms uh, with, with farmers, you know, through the ups and downs. One of the other big things that, that we face as, as export shippers is the, the issues at the ports right now off the West Coast. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's devastating, and, and I don't use that term lightly. Uh, what we're going through at the ports right now, uh, and, I, and I'm, I, I'm not blaming the ports. Uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, the steamship lines um, are diverting ships to uh, you know, what they see as their highest and best use, which is, uh, bringing products, uh, household goods from China uh, into the West Coast. And so, you know, getting containers and, and shipping uh, ag products uh, on a timely basis is a huge, huge challenge right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can get some, some help uh, on that end. You know, I guess, uh, you know, lastly, the, the third thing I'll mention is, is staffing and, and labor. Um, it, it's it's critical for all of our businesses to be able to have you know, good quality uh, you know employees and and 
right now it is it it is really really hard to to uh, recruit and it, that kind of talent and uh, you know we're talking about forklift operators truck drivers um, you know machinery operators those kinds of things and and uh, you know the, I I think there's this allure to maybe the high tech end and all of that and. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'd like to, to see our schools go back to, to looking more at uh, trade schools and and those kinds of things. I mean, teach these uh, these young ladies, young men, how to weld, how to be electricians, how to how to you know be mechanics and plumbers. Um, we we can. I know we're not the only industry looking for them because we're competing for them, but uh, California could sure use more of those folks. Wow, you know, we're coming out to the last a couple of minutes, but 30 seconds from each of you. What is one thing that you would love to leave our listening audience uh, with about Foreman? Let's, let's start with you, Ken. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, I think it's really just um, the fact that you're going to, you're going to eat something, you know, at least probably two times, if not three uh, times a day, you're going to get into some sheets or grab some towels and, you know, where that stuff comes from is really important to think about. And, and again, like we can all be passionate about whatever uh, happens in our lives, but, you know, we really need to think about, about who is producing the things that, that we are using on a daily basis and that we rely on because there's really big differences. And if you care about how human beings are treated and if you care about how the environment is treated, I mean, you really can't do any better than the folks in California because we have really – true regulations. They're in law, they're in statute, and, and if we mess up, there's penalties, you know, that uh, we can be punished if we do something wrong. And that's not true from a lot of the places where we're bringing, uh, you know, things in from. Um, so I just I just would hope that, uh, you know, folks would recognize that and just, um, you know, again, realize that uh, farmers are fueling us every single day. Um, that doesn't mean we get a free pass or that we need special treatment, but it does mean that, you know, well, your dollars can help support folks who do things right or you can help support people who don't do things right. And so I think people can make that choice every day. We talk about farms using a lot of water. Well, we're all water users because we're uh, we're relying on that water every day to feed us. And so we're all in it together. And, and however, we can, uh, you know, make better discussions and, and work together. Wow. You know, I would like to thank uh, you all for taking the time to come on the show and educating our listening audience, uh, educating me, uh, Michelle and Chuck. And, you know, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I uh, always uh we're out looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you uh, every day. So, uh, hey, thank you. We'll see you at the same time, same place tomorrow. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's your life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.